Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Theology Central podcast, where we attempt to make theology central to all aspects of life. We do this talking, we talk about what's going on in the world, news commentary, theological discussions, Bible studies, but all of this is an attempt to make theology central to how you see all aspects, all areas of life. And that's what we're going to be doing today because we're going to be talking about a news article. We're going to be looking at a confession of faith of a major denomination. And then we're going to put all of that together to really challenge a certain doctrinal perspective that is widespread in the church around the world. We're really going to go after that. And I know it can be somewhat controversial, but I hope everyone will listen to me carefully and at least try to understand my perspective. Now, this is the Theology Central Podcast. Today is Thursday, January the 13th, 2022. It is currently 3.16 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the empty sanctuary of Victory Baptist Church located right here in Ovalo, Texas. Now, before I get to the news article, that's right here next to me. Before I pick up the iPad and start reading the news article to you, let me give you some news that's a little older, all right? Now, this, and I know if it's older, is it really news? But yes, this is still news. Yesterday, now it's not news that matters to most people in the world, but I think the news is very relevant to what we are about to talk about. A lot of you yesterday were probably wondering, wait a minute, it's Wednesday. There was no live broadcast of any kind. That never happens, right? Every Wednesday, I'm here turning on the microphone, either doing hours of live broadcast before our in-person service, or at the very minimum, there is at least an hour of teaching for our midweek service here at Victory Baptist Church, right here in this sanctuary. But yesterday, silence. The sanctuary was empty. I wasn't even here, but I was here for a short period of time. Let me explain what happened. I got in my car. I loaded up all of my equipment. I drove here to Victory Baptist Church right here, walked into this sanctuary, set everything up. And I got ready to go live, but immediately started feeling like, wait a minute, something isn't right. Now, many of you are very aware of this. Way back in 2003, I had to get the anthrax uh, shot because I was in the United States Air Force and I was going to be deployed to a location. I won't go into everything that was going on at the time in the world, but I had a, I had a very specific job I was going to be deployed to be a part of, and it required me having the anthrax shot. Now, the, and the first one, there's a, what, a total of six, I think. I got the first one, and about 72 hours later, let's just say they were called, calling, calling a code there where I worked. I worked, in a, I worked in a hospital. They were calling a code. I went down, had a massive seizure. They thought, they thought I was dead. It, it was a bad situation. And from that very moment, January 2003, from that very moment to this very day right now, I've had ongoing medical issues related to what happened as a result of that vaccine. I have lots of neurological issues. I have seizure disorder that continues to this very day. And, and any, any given time, no rhyme, no reason, all of a sudden, I can't explain it to you. Just my head starts pounding. Things doesn't, that don't feel right. I have a hard time gathering my thoughts. It feels like I'm like underwater, that I'm in some fog. And, and it's, it's overwhelming. So I was sitting here in this sanctuary at this very table just going, well, I, I need to go live. You see, I'm here at church. 
I need to go live. I mean, it's Wednesday. I have a responsibility. I have a job. I need to be turning on the microphone, offering theological discussions, doing Bible study. I, I have, I've got to do this. And even though I knew I needed to do it, everything in me was like, you can't. You just, if you turn on the microphone and you go live, it's not going to work. You're not, you're going to have a hard time. You're just, it's not going to work. You can't do this. And then as I'm sitting here, then I start getting upset. I start getting emotional. I'm like, oh, you know, Lord, I'm, I'm here in a church and all I want to do is turn on the microphone and talk about things related to the scriptures, things related to the word of God, to, to the things of God, to the kingdom of God. I, I want to I wanna try to minister to people. I mean, I'm in church. Can't help me out. I mean, can you make this go away? And here I am in church. No, I'm not like, you know, Hey, Lord, it's Friday night and I want to go out to the bar hey, and, and, and get drunk. And hey, it's, it's Friday night and I want to go you know, do this. No, it's like it's a Wednesday afternoon. I'm sitting in an empty sanctuary in the middle of nowhere, Texas. And all I want to do is turn on the microphone and talk about the things of God. But I, I was unable. And so I got more and more upset, more and more frustrated, more and more upset. And well, finally, I just had to, to reach over, close the laptop, disconnect the uh, microphone, pack everything up, get in the car and drive home, which turned into be a very, 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 very frustrating, aggravating evening because I was mad at myself. I was mad at the situation and it just, it stinks. It really does. But I have these issues as a result of what happened. And I have prayed, other people have prayed and guess what? It hasn't gone away. Guess what? The reality is most likely it never will go away. Most likely, and like the doctors have said, it'll probably be a seizure that kills you is what they have told me multiple times. It, that, that this is just, it's just the reality of my life. I don't like it. I wish and pray that it would go away. I try to, I try to never use it as an excuse. I try it. It has caused the issues that has, has caused me in my life has at times been very devastating make no excuses. Uh, you know, I'm not saying that it's, it's to be blamed. I take responsibility for any of my actions, but it's just not been a pleasant experience. And it was very frustrating that all I wanted to do was to, to well, minister. And, and I, I could not, I could not do that. I could not do that. Now, the reason I bring that this up is not just so that you know what happened yesterday. I bring this up because as I've gone through this, and, and way even before this happened to me, I mean, basically I've been confronted with this my entire Christian life. There has been a teaching that has been very prominent in Christian circles all around the world for a very long time. And this teaching goes something like this. Jesus died on the cross. And because of that death on the cross, physical healing is guaranteed, not just when we get to heaven and have a glorified body. Physical healing is guaranteed right here, right now, while you're on this earth. Don't pray, Lord, if it's your will, because it's always his will to heal you. You name it, you claim it, you confess it, you, you declare it, and healing is yours. I have heard that so many times. Uh, and this comes in, from the world of charismatic theology. I've heard it preached, preached. I've worked with charismatics who claim it, who claim it. I've seen this just talked about and talked about. And while I have heard all of the claims, heard all of their stories, guess what I've seen all around me is disease, 
death, and suffering. Disease, death, and suffering. In fact, let me just show you how common death is. About 65 million people die each year in the world. 65 million people. That is 178,000 each year, 7,425 about each hour, and about 120 people each minute. So if we were, if I was to stop right now and just sit here in silence for one minute, that would be about 120 people dead at the conclusion of that minute. That's hard to even wrap our mind around. Death is normal. It's a normal part of life. It's there. Now, I believe death is normal now. I don't believe it was originally normal, but I believe Adam and Eve sinned and sin entered into the world and that brought about death. But I'm saying that in our, the situation we are in now, death is normal. Sickness is normal. Disease is nor- normal. Murder, crime, pain, suffering. We can go on and on and on and on. We can, we can name the crimes. It, it's just the reality around us. But there's this theology out there that says, no, 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 no. Jesus died on the cross. And because of his death, you can be healed. You don't have to get sick. But if you do, you can be healed. You don't have to die. You can just name it, claim it. And I hate to use those terms because it's almost cliche, but you can almost declare it, confess it, believe it, have faith. Boom. And you will be healed. It is teached constantly. It, it infiltrates. It goes, it, it, it's like at one point it was in the, the charismatic stream. When you think of a stream, think of a river. And okay, there's the charismatic stream. There's the charismatic river. But it overflowed its banks. And then that water, in a sense, flooded in to all kinds of churches, Baptist churches, churches that are not even charismatic. But there's a little bit of this concept still there. Healing is guaranteed. But yet, death is all around us. Now, people die every single day. But I have a news story in front of me of a certain individual who has died that's really connected, well, to this entire, this type of teaching that I am speaking about. Here's the news story. I I think I received, I think I got the notification. Let's see here. When when did this... uh, I think I, I think I received the notification early this morning. It may have been late last night. But here is what I read. George O. Wood, former Assemblies of God leader, dies after four-month battle with cancer. Now, before we move on in any way, shape, or form, I have, I'm not going to say anything negative about this individual. This individual suffered horribly, suffering with cancer. This person died. It is tragic. Person creating the image of God died, entered into eternity, leaving behind family members who are suffering and grieving over the loss of a loved one. I'm not here to attack the individual. I'm not here to say anything bad about the individual. But I am here to attack the theology of the denomination that he was a leader of. I am here and I will rebuke and condemn and attack the theology 
not only from this denomination, but that is prevalent within the American church and obviously clearly prevalent within the charismatic world. And that's this teaching that healing is guaranteed because he was a leader of the assemblies of God. And I have their doctrinal statement right here next to me as well. But let me just read a couple of things here in regards to this tragic story. I'm going to go to the actual Assemblies of God website so that no one can say that I'm misrepresenting what happened. This is the official statement put out by the Assemblies of God denomination. Former General Superintendent George O. Wood dies. Now, the news article says that he died after a four-month battle with cancer that is left out of the he- that's left off the headline. Now the the Assemblies of God put out their statement on January the twelfth. I think uh, the news picked it up on today, earlier today, or late last night. But I just think it's interesting. The Assemblies of God they leave out that he su- that he was str- that he fought with cancer or struggled or suffered under cancer cancer for four months. That's just left out, at least in the headline. Now I'm not saying it's left out in the article. Just the news really puts that prominent. All right, let me go back to the news headline. George O. Wood, former Assemblies of God leader, dies after four-month battle with cancer. So one, the, the struggle and battle with cancer is prominent in the headline, and in the Assemblies of God statement, it's left out. Now, it's, it's still in the statement, you'll see. I'm going to read from the Assemblies of God website. Here we go. Former Assemblies of God General Superintendent George Oliver Wood died January the 12th, so he died yesterday, after, now they do add it here, four and a half month struggle with stage four cancer. So for four and a half months, he struggled with cancer. Now, wait a minute, in the charismatic world, by his stripes, he is healed. He should just have claimed it. He should have believed it. And the cancer should have been gone. But it wasn't. It didn't go away. Just like there are young children suffering and dying with cancer right now as I'm speaking to you. They're in hospitals all across the United States of America. Not only with horrible childhood cancers, but with other horrible terminal diseases. And those children will never see their 20th birthday or their 30th birthday. or They're going to die and they're going to suffer a good portion of their childhood. And, but there's these Christians running around going, all they need to do is believe it is guaranteed. And it doesn't happen. Let's see what happens here. Wood received a cancer diagnosis on August the 30th, 2021, two days before his 80th birthday. He underwent a series of chemotherapy and clinical trial drug treatments. Now stop right here. Wait a minute. He was the leader of a denomination that teaches. In fact, let me go to the actual Assemblies of God doctrinal statement. Here it is. Divine healing. This is uh, number 12 of their foundational beliefs of the Assemblies of God from the very same website, from the very same website that's reporting on this gentleman's death. Clearly saying that he struggled with four and a half months with cancer and that he undertook clinical trial treatments and chemotherapy. But at the same time, he was the leader of a denomination that teaches this. Divine healing 
is an integral part of the gospel. Deliverance from sickness is provided for in the atonement. See what Jesus did on the cross? He was providing deliverance from sickness. And it is the privilege of all believers. Jesus provided it. Well, if he provided deliverance from sickness in his atonement for me to experience right here on this earth, well, then I'm going to call into question how successful he really was in the atonement. Now, I know I'm not supposed to say that. And everybody's going to go, but just think about it. Charismatic says Jesus provided physical healing in his atonement. And then I've, I've worked in the medical world for 22 years, or I did. I'm no longer working in the medical world. But guess what I saw? Sickness, 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 death, 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 disease, 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 disease. And I did not see the charismatic standing in the parking lot, just healing, 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 healing. No, it didn't happen. The charismatics who worked in the building weren't healing anyone. In fact, the charismatics working in the building were making appointments when they got sick. So you're the leader of a denomination that says healing is guaranteed in the atonement, but when you get cancer, you turn to chemotherapy. You turn to a clinical trial to try to, wait, why? Be consistent with your teaching. Claim the healing, get up and walk out of the hospital. Now, again, I'm not trying to attack him. I'm attacking the theology that so many charismatics teach, but then they're inconsistent with. We'll go back to the news story. All right. So he, he, went, he underwent a series of chemotherapy and clinical trial drug treatments for his cancer. Uh, and then the cancer spread to his liver and vertebra- vertebrae. The treatments were discontinued after disastrous side effects. So he tried the treatment and everything got worse and worse and worse. The, 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 supposedly the atonement of Christ wasn't sufficient. It didn't work. Nothing worked. And now here is what I want you to hear. All right, here we go. Wood kept followers updated about his hospitalized condition via upbeat Facebook updates. And I quote from one of those updates. I've said so many times to the wonderful nurses and doctors here that I have two great alternatives. Wood wrote in a post on his 15th day at Barnes Hospital in St. Louis. One is to go home in Springfield and the other is to go home to heaven. If I'm not healed, it is certainly, it certainly is not from a lack of faith either on my part or of all the people who are praying for me. So, hey, it's not because of lack of faith. Now, now, just think this through logically. He didn't have a lack of faith. The people praying for him didn't have a lack of faith. Yet he was not healed. Yet he's part of, he was the leader of a denomination who says healing is an integral part of the, of the gospel and it was provided for in the atonement and it's a privilege of all believers. Well, wait a minute. Then why weren't you healed? Took a drink of water there. Sorry. Are still taking a drink of water. All right, there, I apologize. I was trying to keep the mic muted to take a drink of water and then realized, wait a minute, now it's just dead air because I didn't tell everyone what I was doing. So then I turned the microphone back on while I was taking a drink of water. I apologize. Not very professional, but that's okay. When you read something like that, I, I can't, I can't, 
I can't speak for your reaction. But my reaction is one of, it, it just, it makes me upset. It makes me angry. It's discouraging. It's depressing for so many reasons. One, because there's so many people out there who sit under this teaching. They're a part of that denomination and they believe that their loved one's going to be healed. They believe they're going to be healed and they name it and they claim it. I, I, I watched this. I've told the story multiple times. I worked at a hospital. There was no, lots of charismatics who I worked with. And there, the, the lady I worked, I mean, like my office was basically looked right into her office. I mean, we were basically, our two offices were connected as where, where we were. And she got a horrible diagnosis of cancer and it was bad. It was bad. They gave her a very short time to live. I'm sitting there one day, the door opens and here comes two gentlemen who works in the hospital. Now, these two gentlemen are charismatics. They claim to be apostles, All right? Don't even get me started on that whole thing. And they walk in and they go in there and, they, and she stands up and she's crying and they're telling her that God told them that he was going to heal her and that he, they laid hands on her and they were speaking in tongues and blah, blah, blah. She was going to be healed. And they left. She was like on the, I mean, she was like filled with so much joy and so much happiness and she could not wait to go home and tell her family that God had told these individuals that she was going to be healed and she believed it and she was going to be, and I'm just sitting there like with this look on my face, completely horrified. Like, what did they just do? What did they just do? Why would they say that? God didn't, one, I don't believe God spoke to him, which turns out was true because of how the story ends. She goes home, tells her husband, tells her kids, all this, all this. And then over the next month or two, she just gets worse and she gets worse. And I think within three months, I, mean, I don't even know if it made it four months, she was dead. I remember. Her, the charismatics were nowhere to be found after she died. They weren't there to apologize to the family. They didn't even show up at the funeral they were nowhere. They were nowhere. They went into hiding. They lied to her. They didn't hear from God. Healing wasn't guaranteed. She died because of this kind of teaching. And the very man who was a leader of a denomination who teaches that died of cancer. And he tries to, I, I had enough faith. They have enough faith. Well, then what was the problem? If you had enough faith, they had enough faith, everyone had enough faith, and if healing is guaranteed according to the doctrine you supported by being a part of a leader in that denomination, I mean, this wasn't just some, like, pastor, he was a leader in the denomination. Well, then what went wrong? I can tell you what went wrong. Your theology went wrong. Your theology was broken. Your theology was fraudulent. And your theology has hurt so many people. Lives have been devastated. Lives have been destroyed by these, these constant lies telling people that healing is guaranteed. Telling people, you don't need to ask if it be God's will. It is God's will. You will be healed. Claim it. And then they claim it and they still die. Now, it's one thing that the individual dies. Yes, that's horrible and tragic. What was even worse is when you're sitting there looking at the, at the people going, wait a minute, my mom said God said I was going to, they were going to be healed. Yeah. Well, God, either they have to think God lied to her or God doesn't exist or mom was crazy or whatever. They, like, they've got to try to process that. And the people who say it, they just run off and hide. They just run off and hide like cowards. 
They don't repent of their theology. They run to the next person saying, God told us you're going to be healed. God, stop talking and claiming God is telling you things when he's not. It, it's it's just, I, I, I don't know what, with people who get caught up into the charismatic world, it's almost like a, I don't, I, I got to be very careful how I say this, but it, it, I, I'm going to say this and listen to how I'm saying this. It feels like, it seems, I'm not saying it's accurate. I'm not saying that my perception is truthful. I'm saying it seems like, it feels like that the people who are in the, the this that world, it's almost like they're brainwashed. They can't, like the reality of death all around them the reality of sickness and suffering around them is a, it, it has no impact on the theology they hold to, which clearly doesn't correspond to the reality that they see. Here's the reality. People get sick and die. Here's the reality. They don't get healed. Now, I'm not saying healing can't occur. What I'm saying is it clearly is not the norm. It's not the guarantee. It's not the, hey, because Jesus suffered on the cross, everyone has the, every believer has a right to divine healing because it doesn't work that way. If it did, it wouldn't be supernatural. It would become the natural. In other words, the, what would be considered in a sense, not natural would, it would, it would be any believer dying. A believer died. Wait, that's weird. Why did they die? Because healing is guaranteed. That would be the, like the weird thing. The natural thing was they got healed. 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 Nobody in the church is wearing glasses. Nobody in the church has high blood pressure, high cholesterol. Nobody has any problems because whatever you have, boom, my eyes aren't good. Pray God, boom, I can take off these glasses. I don't, oh wait, I have to wear glasses. Why do I have to wear glasses? Like, and I've watched them. I watch people walk into a charismatic church. They're with a cane or in a wheelchair or wearing glasses. And you're like, You've gotten, or when I worked in the medical world, calling me for an appointment. And I'm like, why do you need an appointment? You go to a charismatic church, claim your healing, leave the appointment spots open for people who don't have that promise. Why do all, why do Christians who believe that are the ones who want to go take up the ICU bed? They want to take up the bed in the hospital. Why? You believe healing is guaranteed. Stay out of the hospital. Stay out of the doctor's office. Oh, wait. Those who try that usually end up dying even sooner. It, it's, it's, it's sad. It, it's, and I, I wish I knew what to do to wake people up, but I've, I've talked to charismatics, talked to, and you point these facts out and you're like, well, you're just, you're just, you're speaking unbelief. You're speaking unbelief into the situation. You're denying the power of God. You just don't believe you're not filled with the Holy. Basically they call into question my salvation. I'm like, or I have the ability to actually see the reality of the world around me that you seem incapable of having a theology to be able to deal with it. Look, if your theology cannot deal or, or if your theology cannot deal with the painful reality of death and suffering, you need to get your theology checked and fixed quickly. You can't have a theology that says, well, there shouldn't be any heal. There shouldn't be any suffering. There shouldn't be any pain because healing's guaranteed for every believer. Because sooner or later, you're going to either have to just 
literally live in, in, a, in a world of self-deceit or when, it, when that pain and suffering jumps from other people into your life, it's all going to come crumbling down. It's going to be an epic train wreck. It's going to be horrible. I, I don't even know what else to say. It's happened over and over and over where charismatic leaders get sick and die. Doesn't change anything. The people, the people just keep on with their, their doctrine. The, 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 a leader in the Assemblies of God died after a four and a half month uh, battle with cancer. He tried chemotherapy, tried clinical trials, tried all of it. The, the cancer spread. Everything got worse. The side effects were disastrous. He died. He claims, hey, it's not because of a lack of faith. Now, others may try to claim he didn't have enough faith, but that's, that's them trying to find a way to get out of their massive mess theologically. But the person died. But guess what? It's, it's Thursday. Yes, Thursday. Sunday, Assemblies of God, churches will be open, preaching their, their theology again. They're not going to repent of their theology. They're not going to deny their theology. They'll double down. They'll double down. They never, nothing ever stops them. Nothing. False prophecies doesn't stop them. They keep putting forth their, their, their false prophecies. People getting sick and dying doesn't stop. Just they keep going and keep going and keep going. And keep, they don't care who, how, who gets hurt. They don't care who suffers. They don't care how many, how many people's lives they destroy. They just keep going and going and going. And you want to be compassionate. I, I, I do want to be compassionate to anyone who's a charismatic. I want to be care. I want to be compassionate. I want to help you. But at the same time, put it this way. I, I can be compassionate to the charismatic as an individual. I can't be compassionate to their theology that I think is a damnable heresy that hurts people and destroys lives. I am not compassionate or merciful towards their theology. I want to be merciful towards the people, Right? I want to be merciful to them, but I, it's hard to be merciful when they are the re, they are responsible for hurting so many people with their fraudulent theology. They're absolutely easily look. It's not this is not even a matter of well, what about this Bible verse or this Bible verse? This is one of those theological issues. It's like wait a minute before we start arguing scripture, just look at the reality. You believe this, you're going to get sick and die unless Jesus returns. Your loved ones are going to get sick and die unless Jesus returns. Everyone's going to get sick and die unless Jesus returns. That's the reality. So healing is guaranteed. So it's like healing is guaranteed until the last sickness. And then that one won't, I won't be healed from. What, what kind of theology is that? Either it's guaranteed or it's not guaranteed. And clearly it's not. I don't know what to say other than I'm going to take a drink of water because while well, my throat hurts. So I apologize for any uh, unprofessionalism in drinking water during this broadcast episode. But my throat hurts and I don't believe some supernatural healing is going to make it go away because that's not how it typically works. Can it work? Can it happen? I'm never going to deny can happen. N normally, it doesn't. 
just as my seizures are not going to go away unless something supernatural happens. But normally people with seizures, they don't just magically go away um, if they are diagnosed with, you know, an ongoing seizure disorder. Sometimes you can have one seizure and it doesn't happen again. I understand that. It's just, I, I, I wish I knew, I wish I knew what to tell you other than if you are in this world, please just leave the charismatic world. Just flee from it, flee from it. If you know people in it, I don't know what, I wish I could give you the magic formula that will open their eyes, love them, be compassionate for them. Most importantly, I think with people who, you know, people who are charismatic, just try to love them. Try to be a good example of a good Bible student, a good student of theology, but mainly it's just kind of be on standby. I, I hate to say this. It's really just be on standby. And you're like, standby for what? For the inevitable. Suffering and pain, sickness and death is coming into that person's life that you know who's a charismatic. It's going to happen. So just be ready. Just be ready with your your bag. You're like a, a, a I was in the military and the medical world. Think of yourself as a battlefield medic, right? Now, you're just waiting. And when, when, when all of a sudden you see, in a sense, the bomb go off and there's pain and there's suffering and death, you can be like, you can just, you can just go ahead and just pretend you hear, medic, medic, I need a medic. Just pretend that you hear that. Just pretend that you hear that. And just, if someone was walking by the church, we're like, wait, someone's calling out for a medic. No, I'm not, no, for, for the broadcast. Okay, all right, no, okay. I just think, man, if someone was to hear me outside, they would think something is going on. Okay, but the reality is, yeah, we, in a way, when, when the bomb goes off, when, when pain, suffering, tragedy strikes, now at first the charismatics are all going to be there telling them that God's going to heal them and all of that. You just stand by and wait with your, ba- your bag ready. And when it all, when everything blows up and it all falls apart, you come running in with love, compassion, grace, and that you have a theology that may, can't answer every question about suffering, but a theology that embraces and understands suffering will happen. It will occur. And that healing is not guaranteed. Let me clarify. Healing is not guaranteed on this earth. It is guaranteed when you step into heaven, and you get a glorified body where there's no more pain, no more suffering, and no more death. I do believe Jesus provided healing in the atonement. It's just not for now. It's for heaven. For now, we have to suffer. We get sick. We have bodies that are weak. We have bodies that are sinful. They're going to get, they're, that, that, that corrupted body is going to get sick and break down and disease and everything else that can, aging, everything else that can happen. We've got to be ready to run in and then help those people. I, I, I have no desire to run in with a, a medical kit to help their theology. I want their theology burned to the ground, destroyed and buried. But the individuals, I want to be there with a medical kit to run in and help them when their theology that they held on to proves to be fraudulent and they are left confused and hurt and maybe bitter and ready to give up on God. They need other people from other theological backgrounds that can come in and help. Um. That is true. It's like pulling, a, someone just said, it's like pulling a thread in the sweater. If you allow one thread to get pulled, the whole thing can unravel. You know what? That's probably, now I, the person speaking is someone f- who has come from this background. 
I, I have a hard time relating to it, but I, I think I can, I think I know what they're saying. Um, it, it, I think in some ways the reason charismatics are so unwilling to maybe even consider like, hey, that number 12 on the assemblies of God, that their divine like divine healing statement of faith. If, if, if they were to say that's not real, then it really is. You pull that thread out and their whole theology comes collapsing. Well, that's a scary thing. You're like, you're, you're committed to, to a charismatic theology. And yeah, you give up one aspect of it. Typically, it all comes crumbling down. Typically, people who were like, you know what? I think our view on divine healing is wrong. I think it's the beginning of the end. I think at some point, then the whole theological system is going to crash and you have nowhere to go. It's just, it's so, it's so discouraging to me. It's like, well, how, I mean, there's so many theological issues to deal with. And it's like, why, it's like, why do I have to struggle with people about a theology that's just so easy to prove is fraudulent? Your leader, your former leader, your former general superintendent struggled with cancer for four and a half months and died and was never healed. What more does that have to tell you? Healing's not guaranteed. What more? Do, I mean, I don't even know what else is needed. 120 people die every minute. What more is needed? If, if you don't believe it, just call me. We'll go to, we'll go to, we'll go to children's hospitals. If you ever want to see something horrible, just go to children's hospitals where there's children there with horrible diseases. Horrible. They're never going to grow up. They're going to die. And they're there treatment after treatment after treatment that's painful and it's horrible to watch. Where's your charismatics emptying out those hospitals? It never happens. Even though y'all t- the charismatics talk about it nonstop, but I do. I think if you pulled that one thread, I think many charismatics are like, I don't. No, 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 no. Get away from the thread. Get away from the thread. Get away. Because if you pull that down, then what am I left with? Well, yeah, you're left with a complete broken theology, and you're going to have to go find a new kind of church and a new kind of theology because your old one is broken. But in many cases, what pulls that thread is when all of the suffering and pain come into their own lives, or at least I would think it would. In some cases, they, they're able to just continue. I don't even know what they do. It's just bizarre what they do, but it it's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, I, I challenge the, the person who worked for me when I was in charge of the appointment line. And, you know, she went to this church in Abilene, Texas. Every time I would listen to their sermons, you know, healing, healing, God is healing people. And, and, and constantly, you know, and I would look at her and go like, hey, you're making, don't make appointments. Just heal people on the phone. Just heal them. Come on. She never could. She never did. I'm like, you work in the medical world and you believe that divine healing is guaranteed. Oh, and when she got sick, oh yeah, she went to the doctors and got appointments. Oh, imagine that. Oh, and she took medicine. You imagine that. I'm like, wait, your church says that they're healing all kinds of people every week. I listen to your sermons from your church. Why aren't you going there to get healed? Why are you just not, why are you telling people to come here? Just divert them to your church. They're not that far apart from where our hospital is located. But she never had an answer for anything. Ever. Not one answer. None. But she kept being a part of the praise and worship band, putting forth their 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 garbage theology. It, it, it was... But there you have it. I had to talk about it today. 
And I wanted to talk about it as soon as possible since the news article was relatively relevant and fresh and right there at the front of everything. So I, I moved it to the top of my stack. There we have it. I'm going to conclude with that. I, I, if you're charismatic and you're upset with me, please understand I, I'm not doing this to make you mad. I'm doing this because I care. I feel bad that you're holding on to a theology that's going to prove it's going to let you down. It's going to let you down. It's going to leave you totally, completely broken. It's coming. I don't know when. I don't know when the next horrible, it's coming. And when it does, I want you to know that there is a theology out there that is very different than what you've been taught that I think will provide a much more biblical understanding of suffering and death. And when it all falls apart, please, please remember what I've said. It's not God that let you down. It's not God that abandoned you. It's not God that did something wrong. You bought into a fraudulent theology. Don't get bitter towards God. Don't abandon God. Abandon the theology that lied to you. Abandon the theology that misled you and deceived you. You can email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. I'll be back on the air here shortly. God bless.